Joshua being the son of Nun, that is a son re-sprouted at, i.e. born again, a man in whom the Ruach HaKodesh resides. Collectively, we're speaking of those who went through their wilderness experience and have endured his test and trials by holding on to Elohim. They have borne the whoredom of their parents and forefathers, yet they have their old man, that is their flesh man, and his lust broken down, humbled, and dead. As a result, they're no longer fleshly or worldly, but are now reborn spiritually via the water of the word in Barakakodesh. Within the book of Joshua, we can find, we can expect to learn the plan of Elohim concerning the body of Yahushua, his, um, i.e. his ecclesia, and those born-again believers that make up spiritual Israel. We'll learn how they're to be uh, how they are to enter into the kingdom of Elohim, what to expect once in, as well as how to proceed once in. Another perspective we'll be exploring is that of the land and the inhabitants of the land and how the land came and speaks to the kingdom of heaven within you and how its inhabitants relate to the remnants of the fallen angels and demons and devils and unclean spirits which currently inhabit the land inherited by the born-again believer. You know, so... Uh, Book of Joshua, we are in chapter 8 today, so we're going to get right into it. Um, Joshua 8, 1 says, And Yahuwah said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai, and his people, and his city. And verse 2 goes on to say, And thou shalt... Do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay ye in ambush for the city behind it. Okay. Now, uh, let's uh, compare verse 1 where Yahuwah says, you know, unto Joshua, fear not, take all the people of war with thee, arise, go to Ai. You know, let's compare this with what Israel did the first time they um, they came against Ai. It's found in Joshua 7, 3, and 4. I'm my first reader to read Joshua chapter 7, I mean chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. All right, so here it is. You know, when we take a look at what they did the first time and what they did the second time, you know, um, what, what jumps out? Well, yeah, that jumps out, but what else jump out? Take everybody Absolutely. You know, they just took a few people right. the first time because they were like, oh, it's just a little town. It's just, yeah. a, you know, yeah. it's just a few. Make not all the people to labor. They're the, you know, for they're just a few. You know, we just going to take two, three thousand. So they they went up and they took three thousand and they got beat down. Yeah. You know, but you see, Yah... You know, um, had them take all the people. Yeah. So, what do you think Yah's teaching us about fighting within the kingdom from this? That you guys have to fight together. Absolutely, use everything you have. You know, essentially, he's telling us, don't 
underestimate your enemy. That's what he's telling us in this. Because that's what they did. They underestimated, you know, the enemy. You know, they figured just because the enemy was small in number that they were going to be easy prey. But that wasn't the case. So what do you... Um, so what, is, what does this teach us concerning the cities and doctrines of the kingdom when we consider Joshua 8.2? He tells us, tells us that thou should do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. What does this teach us concerning the cities or the doctrines of the kingdom? Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, the first time they were all, all the spoil was done away with and all the cattle were, were slaughtered, you know, and anything that, you know, um, that was of metal went to Yah. But this time, you know, they're allowed to take the spoil. So what does this tell us? That everything isn't a curse there? Exactly. Everything is not a curse you know, so everything within the kingdom is not a curse. So some some places, you know, you go, you won't be able to take anything. But other places you'll go, you'll be able to get some spoil. The places that are cursed, you can't have anything from that place. Hallelujah. You know, you can't have anything from that place and you're to destroy that place. Right. Absolutely destroy it. You know, and don't take anything from it. You see? You see the difference? You know, so <coughs> God is telling us that there is a difference with different places or different um, different cities, i.e. different doctrines within the kingdom. Some of it you may be able to salvage. Some of it you got to just scrap all together. Correct. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, now, what do those, um, those cities that have kings teach us? Kings represent what? Authority, for one thing. Uh, wait a minute. You told us that kings. The laws. Righteousness. The laws and the doctrine. Something like that. Truth. 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 So, these cities within the kingdom represents truths that reign over the doctrines that's within the kingdom. You know, so in other words, if the kingdom of Elohim is within you, you know, you have some doctrines that's in you based upon some truth that you, or at least something you believe is true. Because in a bad sense, these kings represent mistruths. You know, in a good sense, they can represent truths, you know, just used in the wrong way. You know, but either way, these things are within us. You know, so we have some doctrines or some beliefs that's within us that may be based on some truth, but it's just misrepresented or misused. Or it may just be based on a total mistruth. You know, hence the difference in some cities are totally accursed where other cities, you know, are just destroyed, you know, but you can take the spoil. Now that said, regardless of whether or not the city was accursed or not, Yah command Israel to make 
certain one thing be done prior to Israel taking possession of anything within the kingdom? Does anyone know what it is? Prior but, to take, take Absolutely, consecrated or cleanse it. You know, um, the answer wasn't supposed to be right before you. It was it was supposed to it was supposed to uh, come up when I pushed the button, but yeah, it didn't work like that. Well, anyway, let me have my next reader read read Numbers thirty one twenty one through twenty three because it it gives us the answer. And Eleazar the priest said unto the men of war which went to the battle. This is the ordinance of the law which Yahuwah command Moses, Amoshe. Only the gold and the silver, the brass, the iron, the tin, and the lead. Everything that may abide the fire, ye shall make it go through the fire, and it shall be clean. Nevertheless, it shall be purified with the water of separation. And all the abided, and all that abided not the fire, ye shall make go through the water. Hallelujah. So, you know, that one thing that if you're going to take possession of anything, you know, that's within the kingdom, you know, you have to make certain that it goes through the fire or through the water. You know, and... You know, just uh, long story short, the fire and the water represents the Father and the Son, the words of the Father and the words of the Son. Deuteronomy 4.24, for Yahuwah thy Elohim is a consuming fire, even a jealous hell. Yochanan 7.37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Yahushua stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Spiritually speaking, we're to make certain that we're to put everything through the word of Elohim. Everything needs to go through the word of Elohim. You know, um, actually, you know, uh, that way we can rest assured that it is clean. Amen. Amen. Let me have my next reader read Joshua 8, 3 through 8, please. So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but be ye already. And I... And all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us, as at the first, that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us, till we have drawn them from the city, for they will say, Thy flee before us, as at the first. Therefore we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush, and seize upon the city, for Yahuwah, your Elohim, will deliver it into your hand. And it shall be, when ye have taken the city, that ye shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of Yahuwah, shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. 
Hallelujah. At number 30, you can represent the blood of the Messiah and a thousand full maturity. And so, you know, within the spiritual picture, we can see, you know, those with the blood of Yahshua, you know. But, uh, you know, here it is, you know, Yah gives Joshua a pretty intricate, you know, plan to destroy AI. You know, even though Israel played them, took them lightly, Yah didn't. You know, and Yah, he devised an elaborate plot, you know, to totally annihilate them. You know, and so here it is, he sends 30,000 30, and tell them, hey, y'all go behind them and just lie in wait. You know, y'all just y'all just stay there. Y'all just lie and wait behind them. You know, and then as Joshua takes some people and go before him. Then if we continue in verses 9 through 13, it says, And Joshua sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush in the bowl between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. You know, but Joshua lodged um, that night among the people in the west side just kind of speaks to the noisy side. You know, uh, and verse 10 goes on to saying, Joshua rose up early in the morning, numbered the people, and went up, he and the elders of Israel, um, before the people to Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Um, now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in the ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. Um, and when they set the people, even the host that was on the north of the city, and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. So the north side is Zaphon, and it speaks to that which is hidden or dark. You know, and so over there, there was, there was a valley. You know, so hereby we find an ingenious plan when we consider that when Israel would lure the men of Ai out of their city, those Israelites behind it would take and burn the city, thereby leaving them nowhere to run but into the valley, whereby they'll find themselves trapped with the Israelites there in the valley, in addition to having them on either side of the valley. So they'll be completely surrounded by Israel. You know, Yasum plan. Uh, let me have my next reader read verses 14 through 19 and see what happens. Joshua 8:14. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it, that they hasted and rose up early, and the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at a time appointed before the plan, plain, but he twas not that there were liars in ambush against him beyond the city. And Joshua and all the Israel, Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them. And they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And there were not a man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. 
And Yahuwah said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he, he had stretched out his hand. Mm -hmm. And they entered into the city and took it and hastened and set the city on fire. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, uh, at a time appointed in verse 14 is actually the word Moed, where we get Moedim. It speaks to an appointment or a fixed time or season, specifically a festival. Uh, I just pointed this out because it was, you know, um, it was interesting because this, this word isn't usually used for nothing except for, you know, Yah's feast. But, you know, um, so I was just running it down, but it didn't lead anywhere, so... You know, but I still figured out, pointed out. You know, and so here it is. It, we're told that Joshua and all of Israel, they made like they was being beat down. So, I mean, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen this battle, you know, or, you know, at least seen a movie about it because it sounded like it would make a great movie, you know. Um, and here it is, you know. They're playing like they're getting beat beat down and they're running away like they did the first time, you know, and then next thing you know, you know, the city on fire. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, they turn around, see the city on fire, and then the people they chasing turn around and start chasing them. <laughs> you know, uh that 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 that's just awesome. That's that's that was the awesome plan, you know. Um I want to call your attention, though, to verse 17, where it says, And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel. You know, and the reason I call your attention to this is because it kind of aligns with, uh, with a verse we went over last week, which is uh, Joshua 7, 2, and how, it, you know, um, an alternative reading of it, you know, spoke to Ai being the the... Bethel aforetime, you know, being or being aforetime uh, Bethel, but now it was a you know place of ruins, you know, uh, and because after this, like you don't hear anything else about Bethel, you know, uh, you, you hear about you know how the king of Ai was was destroyed, you know, and but it doesn't speak of Bethel anymore, you know, so it kind of aligns with it you know, referring to it as the Bethel of old, you know, you know, which would align with the alternative, you know, interpretation of Joshua 7, 2, you know, but, you know, just food for thought, say that, you know, now, here it is, it says in verse 18, Yahuwah said unto Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in thine hand toward Ai, mm -hmm. and when he did, you know, everybody um, that was with the ambush crew, you know, went out of their place. And as soon as he stretched his hand, they went into the city and set it on fire. Mm -hmm. Let me have my next reader read verses 20 through 25, please. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven. And they had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back upon the pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended, then they turned again and slew the men of Ai. And the other 
issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they smote them so that they let none of them remain or escape. And the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And it came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the field, in the wilderness wherein they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites were turned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all that that all that fell that day, both men and women were twelve thousand, even all the men of Ai. Hallelujah. Okay, so it is they found themselves in a bit of a trap. You know, they chase them out there, turn around, cities on fire, you know, they um, the, the prey they they think they're pursuing turn around and become the predator and they become the prey. They start running. They got Israelites in front of them, Israelites in the back of them, and Israelites on the sides. You know, they actually had, absolutely had no win. You know, and that's how you have to do when you're fighting the ites within you. You have to totally destroy them. You know, you you can't you can't play around. You know, if Yah tells you to destroy everything, you have to destroy everything. He told told us to just definitely destroy all the people. You know, men, women, and children. So you know, that's just a spiritual picture of you wiping out every aspect of a particular doctrine. You know, not letting any of it remain. You know, and so uh, that is a picture that everybody needs to grasp because, you know, so many times, you know, we fight things within ourselves and we make deals with them. You know, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to try to stop smoking, so I'm just not going to buy any more cigarettes, you know, or I'm going to stop drinking. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to drink except for on the weekend. You know, like, no, you don't make deals with the enemy. You know, when y'all give you the victory, you got to stomp it out completely. You have to eradicate it. You know, you don't let it, you don't let it, an inkling of it rise up. You totally destroy it so that it can't come back to haunt you. You know, and y'all gave a fair warning about not doing that you know so they totally annihilated ai they took his king took their king and they you know they're gonna make an example out of him and they killed twelve thousand. and i thought it was interesting that the number twelve thousand is mentioned here because the number 12 speaks to like uh y'all government you know, um, as well. So you can see like a religious aspect here, you know, like a divine government that was taking place, you know, and you had this AI, which was a four um, time known as um, Bethel or the house of Elohim, but it is now, you know, a uh, heap of ruins or a house of, house of, uh, of iniquity, you know, 
which is the same as the House of Iniquity, which I also, you know, hear much um, nothing else about, you know, but it was just uh, really interesting. This AI in Jericho will become the standard, you know, for how you are to annihilate the enemy. You know, as we continue through the book of Joshua, it oftentimes refer back to, yeah, like you did Jericho and AI. You know, like that's how you do. You know, so you know this is this is the standard right here. You know, Yah is setting the standard for how we're to fight our enemies. You know, verse um, 26 goes on to say, For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. So again, you know, emphasizing that you had to destroy all of it. But, you know, this is reminiscent of the battle of Amalek and, and Moshe, where Moshe, you know, held his hands up and couldn't bring his hands down. Yah told him to go up there and, and hold his hands up. You know, and he couldn't bring him down because every time he did, he would lose the battle. You know, well, it seemed like Joshua learned from that, you know, because Yah told Joshua to extend and stretch out his, his spear. And he seemed to have known not to bring it back until all the inhabitants were destroyed. And so we're actually being told Joshua drew not back his hand back. He drew not his hand back where if he stretched out the spear, right. you know. Now, just uh, from my studies, you know, I equate the spear to prayer, yeah. you know, because you can throw it long distances, yeah. you know, and likewise, prayer, you can throw long distances right. Right. and it will hit its target. Yeah. You know, you can throw prayer clean across the, the other side of the globe right. and still hit your target, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I advise you, to, you know, to become skillful with the spear. Amen. You know, it's a very noteworthy weapon. You know, so uh, this is what I see when I see Yah tells him to extend, stretch out the spear. You know, sometimes, you know, while you're fighting, you got to be praying. Sometimes you praying, your praying is fighting. Hallelujah. You know, now, consider verse... 29. It says, And the king of Ai he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate of the city and raised there on a great heap of stones that remain up until this day. You know, now, this is the king of Ai, and they burnt Ai and made it a heap forever, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but look at what Ai means. A heap of ruins. You know, and what did Yah have Israel make of it? A heap forever. And even took his king and made a great heap of stones put upon him. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, so hereby we see Ai once again living up to his name. You know, he, Yah had made it a heap before when it was the uh, when it was Bethel, when it was the house house of uh, those, those pagan gods. You know. Those fallen angels and those demons. Mm -hmm. And now through Israel, he's making it a heap of ruins once again. He's made it a heap of ruins once again. You know, and this is why it was such a big deal and a curse pronounced on the person who would rebuild Jericho. All right. Say a lot. 
you know. Now, what was the essential difference betwixt the two battles Israel won on this side of the garden versus the one they lost? So, so thus far, they had three battles, right? They won two, they lost one. What was the essential difference betwixt the two battles Israel won this side of the garden versus the one they lost? Uh, they obeyed Yah to the fullest. Well, they obeyed. Oh, they didn't disobey them um, when they lost, did they? Well, but somebody dropped the cursed thing and caused them to lose. Well, right? well, yeah, that caused them to lose, but, you know, um, they didn't find that out until afterwards. They didn't use all the resources to tell them they lost the battle. They didn't take anything with them. They shortened. Yeah, they didn't use all their, all their resources, but that wasn't an essential difference. It's, it, those are differences, but there's a most essential difference. Yes. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, consider the first the first time. Joshua seven, two through four. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. And who sent the men? And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Who's speaking to him? Joshua. Absolutely. Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him. They said unto him. Let not all the people go up. But let about two or three thousand men go up. And smite, <laughs> smite Ai. Ai. Right. Absolutely. Right. They're doing their own thing. Um, you know. And that's what you don't want to do. When you serving Yah. You never want to do your own thing. You know, uh, it goes on to say, and make not the people to labor thither, for they are few. So there went up thither other people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. Because they were doing their own thing. When we are serving Yah, we are His servants. We're serving Him. That We're not serving ourselves. So we don't do our own thing. We do His thing. Amen. This is the battle they lost. Now let's consider the battle they won. Joshua um, 8 says, And Yahuwah said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people with thee. Take all the people with thee. But, but yeah, it's only a little city. Take all the people with thee. But it's just a few of them. Take all the people with thee. Don't underestimate your enemy. <laughs> They may be little, but they powerful. Mm -hmm. Don't underestimate your enemy. Right. So he told them, take all the people of war with them. Arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Yah says he has given, given them unto him. Now, consider this and consider... When they first, the battle they lost. They assumed Yah gave them the victory. See, had they asked Yah, mm -hmm. they would have known that he was upset with them and he wasn't going to give them the victory. Right. Right. Amen? Amen? But they chose not to ask him. They chose to just 
do their own thing because they knew his will. Did you catch that? Right. They knew his will, so they figured they were okay to do their own thing as long as it was, as it was in his will. That's a great lesson to be learned there. Yeah. You can't do what you want to do even if it's in his will. Right. You still should ask him first. Because you might find yourselves like Israel and fleeing before your enemy. Yeah. Not because it's not his will, but because you're not ready. Okay. <laughs> See, they wasn't ready to go before the enemies because they were accursed at the time. Mm -hmm. If only they had asked, they could have got rid of Achan before they went and battled with AI. And they would have been victorious. And they wouldn't have had that L. Amen? So that's a very important lesson to be learned from this. Let's consider verse 8 of Joshua 8. It said, And it shall be when ye have taken the city, that ye shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of Yahuwah right. shall ye do. You can't fight the way you want to fight. You got to fight the way Yah instructs you to fight. If Yah says to stretch forth your spear, don't raise your hands. If he says to raise your hands, then don't be stretching forth your spear. You have to fight the way he instructs you to fight for the battle at hand. Can you see that? Yeah. Let's consider verse 18. Joshua 8, 18. And Yahuwah said unto Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai. When Yah tell you to do something, if he don't tell you to undo it, then don't you undo it. So if he tells you to praise, then you just keep on praising until you get the victory. If he tells you to pray, then you just keep praying until you get the victory. If he tells you to fast, then you just keep fasting until you get the victory. You don't stop doing what he told you to do until you totally destroy your enemy. That's why you need to ask him. What you need to do. Mm -hmm. So. You know. Who, who was good at doing this? Who had this. Had this. Moshe. This down pack. Wasn't Moshe. Yeah, David. Absolutely. When you read about the story of David. That's why David was. He was the man out the eyes on heart. You know, when you read about the story of David, one thing that shines forth, every time that man got ready to do something, he called, hey, Nathan, why don't you bring the um, Urim and the Thurim over here? Or uh, Abiathar, bring the Urim and, and Thurim over here. You know, what y'all say? Ask y'all, should we, if we go over here, will he give us the victory? <laughs> Even when he was going after the Amalekites to get his family back after they, after they, um, they ravished uh, uh, Ziglag. Mm -hmm. 
He didn't just take off and say, come on, let's go, let's go chase him. No, he said, hey, bring, bring that young and throw him off. Hey, ask Yah if we're going to overtake him. Surely you will overtake him. All right, we can go now. Let's go. Let's get it. You know, and when we recover everything, you'll recover everything. All right, we out of here. Everything David did. It just stands out, you know, like like a sore thumb. You know, it's like he asked, yeah. You know, even when he went to the city and, and he, he had, you know, God told him, you know, he'll give him the victory. He'd go over there and help him. He went over there and helped him. And then here comes Saul, you know. And so he was thinking like, well, you know, we just helped him. Surely they're going to, they gonna, um, you know, guard us and, you know, keep us safe from Saul, right. you know. David didn't take it for granted. He said, ask God. I said, nah, they're gonna, they gonna, they gonna turn you over, buddy. You better get up out of there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so he left. You know, but he had the success that he had because he asked Yah before he did anything that he did. Before he went into battle, he asked Yah. And Yah would tell him how to go into battle. One time he told him, you know, you go in there, you know, but you just wait. You don't do nothing until you see the tops of the mulberry trees fluttering. Yeah, right, right, right. So he just went there. He waited when he seen the tops of the mulberry trees start. The wind started rustling through him. He said, let's go. David is a beautiful example of how we're to battle in the kingdom. Ask Yah before you do anything. Even if you know it's his will. See, that's where Joshua messed up. He knew Yah's will. He knew he wanted them to eradicate the people. That's what they were there for. Sure enough, you know, let's you know, let's be about our father's business. You know, but you have to be about your father's business the way your father wants you to. You know, he's an L of specificity. You can't just do things your way. That's what gets us in trouble. And it's easy to do, you know, I mean, because, okay, we over, we done crossed the yard, we just done got this great victory over this giant walled city, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, we, we pumped now, let's go, let's go, we taking the land, you know, and then get beat by a little scrub city. You know, you're like, what kind of, what, what part of, this, what part of the plan was this? Like, you know, how we get this great victory over this, you know, this huge city, and, and now we get to this little city, and they whoop on us. That's why you have to ask Yah first. You know, if they would have, had they asked Yah first, they'd have found out they were unclean, he wasn't with them, and he would have told them, like Moshe told uh, Israel, you know, after he had told them, you know, go and take the land, and they refused, and then, you know, once he pronounced the curse upon them that they're going to die in the wilderness, they said, no, nah, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go right now. You know, and they like, come on, y'all, let's go. And, he, and then Moses like, no, nah, don't go. No, nah, it's too late. He not with you. Don't go. They went. They they turned their back on their enemies. You know, it says that, you know, they chased them as bees do. You know, so you have to understand this. You know, and especially with the battles that go on within you. Because the kingdom of heaven is within you. And so like if, you know, some of us fight battles with ourselves 
or within ourselves, you know, concerning vices and concerning, you know, um, different things. And we can't figure out how to win. We just find ourselves constantly losing the battle over and over and over again. Well, that's what this is here for. It's for us to learn from. It's to teach us how to fight. Teach our hands to war within the spiritual kingdom of Elohim. You know, and one thing is, you know, you have to seek Yah's will first. You know, because he may tell you, no, my child, you're cursed right now. You need to get the aching about you. You need to get the aching about the house. You know, you got these things that's laying around that's, that, that's causing me not to be able to go with you. So if you go before your enemies, you're going to lose. Do this first. And then we'll get the victory. You know, so it definitely takes some retrospection. It definitely takes some patience. It takes some, some prayer. It takes some, you know, seeking Yah, seeking his face, seeking his will. You know, but this is how you get the get the victory. You know, so <coughs> we have to learn to ask, you know, yeah, before entering into the battle. You know, what he wants us to do, how he wants us to do it. You know, in which way do we need to do for him to give us the victory? You know, that's all I have for you today. Pray for blessing. Hallelujah.